This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Subby, Beaner, and Gardy Broder. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe, and it's a solo Roscoe night, because, uh, I stuck around in town, not dealing with uh, family dinners tonight, because I went to the Leaf game last night. That is my excuse <laughs> to stay around in town. So um, that's kind of what I wanted to start off with before we jump into the Islanders-Leafs game tonight. I want to just paint a picture for everybody what it's like to go to a game here in Ottawa. Uh, a lot of people talk about how far the arena is, you know, whether it's, oh, it's so far, or, you know, 20 minutes isn't that bad, you guys are just complaining. I want to just give you all the picture of what it's like to go to a game at the Canadian Tire Center in Canada. Uh, So this, for context, I'm on the west end of town, which uh, puts me closer to Canada than, say, anyone that's downtown or on the east end or south end of Ottawa. So I'm already lucky in that I'm closer than most. Uh, This started with my girlfriend and I wanting to go out for dinner before the game, and I looked at what restaurants are close by and what would be feasible to you know, maybe drive to and, and leave the car in the parking lot. Uh, there's nothing. The closest is a Tim Hortons or there's the food court and beaver tail stand at the Tanger outlet mall that is across the highway. So that was a no go. So instead we went for dinner close by our house and, uh, ended up taking an Uber to the game. So that was about 20 bucks. Bless you. I don't know if you could hear her ble- uh, sneezing out there, but, uh, <laughs> so that was about 20 bucks to get there. It's not bad for how far it was. Uh, but the problems start once you get off the highway because the Canadian tire center is surrounded by a tech industrial park and car dealerships. So there's not much, uh, in terms of decent roadways to get to and from it. There's basically one road that goes from one exit of the highway to the next one around the Canadian tire center. And it is lined up from the second you get off the highway. It's insane. So we actually got out of our Uber a kilometer and a half away from the stadium because it is lined up both ways. There are police directing traffic, and this is just to get into the parking lot. It's nuts. So we walked all the way down to the stadium to get in. You get into the concourse hall. Well, first of all, you wait outside. It's freezing cold. Um, Then you finally get in, and it is not big enough for the amount of people that come in there at once. The security's I mean, it's the same as the, the Scotiabank Center. I'm not going to slam them for that. It's not that bad. Uh, but just the sheer amount of people that are in such a small place is crazy. Like, I during the first intermission, I waited the entire probably 18 minutes in line for the washroom. Like, there's got to be more washrooms than there are there. It's insane. I'm, I know I'm just kind of splitting hairs on little things now. But, like, it was just overall not a great uh, experience to get there to get back was even worse. We had to walk back about two kilometers to the closest hotel to call an Uber to. We had to wait until the, um, even with the surging up, nobody would take our, our ride. And it was up to like $50 or something to get home. So unless you get out 15 minutes after the game, which with, like I said, with the amount of people is not feasible. So look, it's not fun to go to a game there, but all in all, it's fun to go to a game there because it was all leaf fans absolutely everywhere. Like I I posted the videos on Twitter. We took over that arena. It was all blue and white up and down every section. It was fantastic. And uh, I mean, the Sens fans know it. They make jokes about it when they're walking out. There was somebody beside me who said, uh, 
you know, you guys have a nice arena. Thanks for letting us take over. And he goes, oh, don't worry. We know we got the most affordable seats in Canada. And and really, that's that's what it is, is people can actually afford to go to the game. So you've got real fans there that that will do anything to go to see the Leafs. And uh, even if that's driving all the way to Ottawa, because, man, it was one of the loudest games I've ever been to. The Go Leafs Go chants were just nonstop. It was a great game. I mean, that overtime goal just absolutely lit the place up. So uh, that was a fun one. But I got to move on to tonight. So Leafs take on the Islanders. This is always a interesting little standoff because the Islanders, though they're in the bottom of the league, they have the second best save percentage because their problem isn't letting in goals, it's scoring them. And I think they're the only team in the bottom that has that problem. I mean, we see Detroit and Philly letting in 6-7 a game, but not the Islanders. So uh, this was going to be be a tough one. Leafs were out hit uh, 48 to 25, but managed to outshoot the Islanders 37 to 29. That's typical for the Leafs, though, getting out hit, but out shooting. Nothing crazy there. Uh, Leafs just managed to win the faceoff dot 30 to 29. But uh, to get into the actual game, first period, the Islanders came out pretty hot. They were uh, they were maintaining the pressure, but the Leafs played well defensively. I think everybody was on their uh, their game. We had Simmons taking on Ross Johnston. It's basically my name backwards <laughs> in a fight. And uh, then Michael Bunting going down for holding on Noah Dobson, putting the Islanders on the first power play of the game. And I got a, I can't fault Jack on this one. I mean, I love Labushkin. He's been fantastic since joining this team through a massive hit in this game that uh, resulted in a bit of a response from the Islanders there. People getting a little rough with him. But uh, unfortunately on this one, he was... Wrong place, uh, standing in front of Jack there. And, un- you know, Olivier takes the shot. Jack can't see it, goes in. And uh, Islanders managed to open it up, one nothing. But uh, not three minutes later, Mitch Marner scores his 34th of the season off of rebound from Mark Giordano. And uh, this puts him six points away from 100, which would put him... Th- at- this would be the first time we'd have two Leafs scoring 100 points in one season, and he would join... Uh, the company of who is it? Doug Gilmore, Austin Matthews, and uh, Beaner. I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. I know you're going to kill me for this, but he would there be one of four. Um, then we move on to the second with the game tied at one one. Uh, I think the Leafs managed to respond pretty well after this first goal that they let in. Um, like I said, with Marner scoring, but just in in uh, reversing the pressure of the game. So uh, thirty seconds into the second period, we had. Josh Bailey credited with his 11th of the season, but uh, Kerfoot kicked it in. A little unfortunate play. So again, can't blame Jack. The guy was solid tonight. Uh, If it weren't for the fantastic safe percentage I had in fantasy, I would have played him. But I benched him tonight just on the off chance that uh, even letting in three goals would have killed me. So sorry, Jack, but thank you. So he played really well. Again, lots of big saves. Um, Then Pierre Engvall. Man, my giraffe <laughs> off of a uh, pass from Kerfoot that was just, man, Kerfoot was playing so well last night in Ottawa too and just being able to see it in person, how fast he is. There were times when I thought he was Marner, like if I couldn't see the other number on him there, just the one, like and he, t- he turned around, I'm like, oh shit, that was Kerfoot. Guy's been fantastic. So uh, he feeds Engvall for his 14th of the year, who's also been having a great season since, uh, well, I guess second half of the season. Since they mentioned on the broadcast where Keith was saying it'd be, uh, in January we were coming up on a year since his last goal. And uh, man, he's just come out hot since then. 
Then uh, William Nylander, speaking of people who have been hot lately, scores his 31st on the power play with uh, a nice little play from Bunting and Tavares. He manages to pick up the rebound. Man, Nylander, we gave him a lot of shit about a month ago, a month and a half ago for how lazy he was playing. And uh, we saw him demoted down to the second and the third line, or sorry, from the second to the third line. And uh, I think it really woke something up in him because he has just been playing with a new fire and uh, he's just been scoring like crazy. So got to give it to Willie for taking all of that to heart and really, uh, really putting his game forward for it. So then that takes us to three to two as the Leafs finally have the lead in the game. Nothing else happening in the from the second all the way to the end of the third there. The Leafs just blew the Islanders away with pressure. I don't think they got a shot there in the third period uh, for a while after those was Chara and Pellick both took penalties, one for tripping on Wayne Simmons, which was eh, Simmons kind of uh, fell on that one. I wouldn't give him a tripping, but sure, we'll take it. And then Pellick goes for delay of game. Leafs weren't able to convert on the five on three, but the pressure from it just sustained for the whole period. And uh, I, it was, it's great. It's a good way to maintain the lead is just keep it in the other end. So, uh, David Kampf buries the empty netter to make it 4-2. And that closes the game off. So first star goes to William Nylander, second to Jack Campbell, and third to Michael Bunting. And I got to give the pretty, pretty good to Mr. Pierre Engvall because, man, the guy is just impressing me a lot lately. Um, So notes on the game. I mean, obviously, the biggest one, Matthews is out. And, uh, I mean, we talked about this. Are they going to give him any games off for uh, load management? I think they kind of did. I think they might have because, I mean, we didn't really see him take anything in the Ottawa game that would be an injury. I mean, you never know if they tweak something or twist something like he could have and they could be giving him a game off. And I really hope it's nothing uh, to be worried about. But if you want my honest opinion, I think they just uh, they asked him, like, look, do you want to play a back to back against Ottawa and New York Islanders? And he probably said, "Mm, you know what? I want my goals and the Islanders aren't easy to score against. If you guys are good without me for a night, I'll take it. And I don't blame him. He's earned it. So uh, let's go to a question here. We got uh, Bobby Ghosh. Is Campbell back? Heard the game on the radio, but it seemed like he played great. Yeah, I got to say he played fantastic tonight. Had a lot of big saves. The soup chants were loud, which you always love to hear. The crowd being behind him. Uh, he, He was diving all over the place. Knew where his posts were. Uh, I don't have any notes on specific ones that he made, but uh, it was just a lot of really great saves. There was 29 shots that the Islanders had. So, I mean, like I said, one was uh, just a screen from Labushkin, unfortunately, and the other one was kicked in by Kerfoot. So uh, can't fault him there. Good game from the soup man. On top of that, the Maple Leafs set a franchise record for most wins in a season. So 50 wins and 106 points puts them at a new record. So more and more milestones all the time with this team. We also had Alex Kerfoot hitting 50 points, being the seventh Leaf on the team to hit 50. Just unbelievable what we've seen from this team this year. And uh, playoffs are coming up, baby. Matter of time before this all gets put to to the test. So I'm going to go to a quick break here. I know we're keeping it short, but I'm alone and I can't throw this off anybody. It's not that easy, okay? So we're going to come back and a bit of a warning. I know I have to talk about what's going on with the updates on the Kyle Beach story and the NHLPA. So uh, just a little warning for that. 
And uh, other than that, I think that's it for tonight. And I'll be back with the rest of the gang later. So uh, be back in a minute. All right, welcome back, welcome back. So as I said, we're going to be talking about the NHLPA and their recent statement from Friday about the findings of their independent review. So they, soon after the um, findings of the Jenner and Block report from the Chicago Blackhawks on what happened with Kyle Beach and the uh, the sexual assault from uh, that occurred, um, the NHLPA launched an internal investigation on their own handling of it from the, uh, this was by the cousin O'Connor uh, law firm just to see, you know, what was there any fault within the players association and how they handled, you know, his uh, when Kyle told them about what was going on and how they, they reported it up the chain. So here is the, uh, the, what the cousin report determined in some, after a thorough examination of the contemporaneous uh, records, policies and practices in place at the union at the time, the recollections of each of the parties and the contracts with the NHLPA and the SABH program, we cannot identify any individual wrongdoing or institutional failures of policy or procedure by either FAIR, NHLPA personnel, or the SABH program concerning the handling of Beach's reports. Beach's warnings about Aldrich were not addressed on account of miscommunication and misunderstanding rather than any individual or systemic failure. And I mean, right off the bat, is miscommunicating and misunderstanding a sexual assault within the players' union not a systemic failure? Like, am I wrong there? They should know how to handle these things. There should be people trained in how to handle this. If not, what really, like, how many things is the union there for then besides their contracts? Like, there needs to be support for the players. Like, they're given medical support and all kinds of things outside of the league. Like there needs to be training within the players association on how to handle something like this. Like this is just unacceptable. Like just this one statement, it was not addressed on account of miscommunication and misunderstanding rather than any individual or systemic failure. If an individual did not handle this properly or was handed off to another individual who didn't handle it properly, like that's systemic failure. Like those two things contradict each other. So I don't understand how that can just be an excuse for this. Like, really, this is all that is, is an excuse saying that it was a miscommunication and misunderstanding. Like that's just, well, sorry, but we did nothing wrong. It's unfortunate, but uh, you know, that's it. And I mean, how do you, how do you say that this is not going to happen again? Oh my gosh. Darty bro is here. Welcome, sir. Hey, As I sit here talking alone. Thank you for joining me. How did you, what happened? Where's the, where's the rest of the gang? Man, Steph's got uh, family things. I don't know where Sethi is. Justin's doing the same. So I'm just here chatting. I'm chatting alone. You know yeah. what? I didn't realize you were chatting alone. I came on only purely because I know you told me to take the day off. And you're just like, please, Darty, take the fucking day off. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't do it. I just, you know, I had, I had too many things I wanted to say. Nothing about the Leafs, actually, but just I figured I'd jump in and interrupt all of you. But I guess it's just Roscoe on the mic tonight. So I'll let you finish your, your thoughts and I'll just, you know, I'll pipe up when I have something to say. Well, I was just talking about, I don't know if you saw this, but the NHLPA's uh, report on how they handled Kyle Beach's um, allegations when they were presented to them. 
Did you see what they said? So I did not see what they said, but I heard there was a lot of disappointments. So I'm sure you're not going to tell me anything well, that uh, is going to make you here's feel the, positive about this. Here's the last sentence of it, because this is really all that matters. It says, Beach's warnings about Aldrich were not addressed on account of miscommunication and misunderstanding rather than any individual or systemic failure. So basically, they said, yada, yada, legal jargon. Um, nobody did anything wrong. It was just a miscommunication. So basically there wasn't enough training in place for people to know how to handle something like this. They didn't know who to bring it to. And those people that they brought it to didn't know what to do with it. And so that's considered not a systemic failure for some reason. And that's the age old adage that, you know, and I don't want to, you know, I'm just going to say it because it's just, you know, because this is, this is 10 years ago, right? Like we're not talking about today where we have a much better idea about this, but 10 years ago, unfortunately, you know, men don't get raped. It's kind of sad, but it's like, that's that that was the mindset. I'm not dirty here saying that that's true. What I am saying is like, I went to high school, you know, I was in high school at that time. There's a lot of toxic masculinity. You know, if someone touches you or someone does something to you, ah, oh, whatever, you know, just, you know, water off a duck's back. Right. But it's not all right. doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a girl doing something to you. doesn't matter if it's a man, grown man doing something to you. It's like if someone touches you unconsensually, they assault you. They do something to make you feel uncomfortable, especially when they're in a position of power. Like there's a, there's a problem, right? That's a huge problem. And again, as I was saying, like that previous sta statement that I said, that's not something I believe, but that's something that 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know, it wasn't hard to think. Like it was one of those things as, as a male, you're just like, okay, whatever. Right. Like if something like that yeah. happens to me, kind of just kind of have to let it go. And we're, we're far past that now. Right. So yeah, they want to say this is a miscommunication or it's like, I'm sorry that Kyle Beach didn't have the proper outlets to say what he wanted to say back then, because if he did, this would, especially now, this wouldn't have freaking happened. And like, I'm just appalled that that's the, the, <laughs> I didn't want to come on here and feel so bad about it, but it's like, you know, I'm appalled, right? Cause like, that's not, that's not a, that's not a good answer, right? To say, no, oh, it's a, the system failed him. That is a systemic failure mm -hmm. by definition. Am I like, am I crazy for saying that? No. And how was the rest of, how are the rest of the members of the players association being players that are currently playing supposed to feel like they're protected against this happening again? Like if the PA is saying, Oh, well, it's just a misunderstanding. Don't worry. Next time we got this. And next like, time, how are you supposed next to time a vi video editor comes by and fucking, you know, grabs your horn or something. Don't worry. We got this for you. Like, <laughs> Like, the, honestly, that's the attitude that they're taking of this is like, oh, it was just a misunderstanding. Next time, though, we'll get them. Next time, we won't write them a letter of recommendation. Next time. It's like, well, that there should never be. You didn't do time, anything. Right? That's the thing like, as well. There that's the first point. But the fact that they're not holding anybody accountable for this within the NHLPA is also disgusting because clearly they failed him. So, and accountability. Yeah can stem, you know, account accountability can be like, you know, putting a lot of these people through, I guess, whatever form of, you know, the old political jargon of sensitivity training is like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that shouldn't be an idea, right? Like these, a lot of these people, these old heads that are still in positions of power, like they should probably as, as little of a consequence as it is, it should still be a consequence. Like some of these people need to go, you know, sit in a couple classes and understand like, this is what's right. And this is what's wrong. And things have changed from, you know, 1980s locker room of, you know, the things that I mean, we all know what stuff that went on, like people, we've all been in a locker room and, you know, some, some of us have, uh, 
heard some things that we really wish you didn't hear and people have said some toxic stuff and people have done some toxic stuff right well we can't continue to let that stuff go on right and as i said like the attitude you're talking about of that era um helped helped what happened to kyle beach continue to happen for as long as it did yeah and i feel like this was a chance for the nhlpa to take a stance and you know, regardless of what the report determined, put out their own statement on top of it saying, like, yes, this said that this was a misunderstanding because it's not their words, to be fair. This is the report from this cousin O'Connor law firm. So they could say on top of this, like, yes, though the law firm says this was a misunderstanding, it is on us to make sure that there are no misunderstandings when it comes to allegations of sexual assault when it comes to players. Like, like they should have said more and just to leave it at this statement is a, a double uh, like it's it's a it's a huge l you know it's just a misunderstanding that uh that someone again someone in a position of power um inappropriately touched a, a minor league like someone in your minor league system and had continued access to do so and to to you know threaten them in whatever way whether it was uh an actual threat or like you know there's people in the locker room we said saying you know clearly they knew about this and they were calling him, you know, all sorts of homophobic uh, type slurs and, uh, you know, references, right? Like they're calling him a little pansy and other words like that. I don't want to bring them on the broadcast. And it's like, those are consequences to things that you let slide. It's like, it's not something that you just, uh, you know, <laughs> just not, that's not a misunderstanding. When, when, when people in the higher up, like you're talking like guys in the actual NHL are saying these things about Kyle Beach, like at that time, like that's not a misunderstanding. Like everything is very clearly understood of what happened at that point. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm just, I'm not buying this. I'm not okay with this, and the players shouldn't be okay with this. I mean, really, it's their union. It's representing them. This is, for all intents and purposes, a statement from all of the players on how they want this handled. So they shouldn't be okay with it, and they should say something. So uh, to end it on a bit of a lighter note, um, I talked about this on my own, but Darty, what do you think about the idea that this is potentially load management for Austin Matthews, or do you think he's actually hurt? Was there a specific, I was going to say Pacific. What nope. Like, was there a specific Undisclosed. incident? So there's no specific, but like we all watched the game or listen to the game. There was no specific incident that comes to mind where you, like a play that you saw where Austin Matthews looked like he actually tweaked something. No, I mean, I said that earlier. I was there, so it's harder to see everything going on as opposed to like up close replays of stuff, but it didn't look like anything bad happened, but like I said, he could have tweaked something, bolted something. You never know. I don't think load uh, management is something that is um, openly spoken about in the NHL. Unless, I, unless, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's not under the same like it's a different stigma than say the NBA with Kawhi Leonard and yeah. other players. So there, that's a genuine possibility, right? Because again, again, like there's a stigma associated with not playing, right? Yeah, because they can't just say he's a healthy scratch like you could in the NBA. They have to say, you know, oh, he's day-to-day with something. Yeah, if Austin Matthews is a honestly, healthy scratch, then it's like, oh, my God, what is going on? Like, what kind, Like, why are we putting discipline on our top player? It's like, no, no, this guy needs to rest. <laughs> Let the man yeah, rest. It would be a whole conversation. And I think there, even though there are the rumors of it, I think they're avoiding a lot of that heat by saying, oh, you know, he got banged up. It's a back-to-back. We're just giving him the night. But honestly, I think... You ask Austin Matthews back to back against Ottawa and the Islanders. Do you really want to do that before you go into the playoffs? No, we just eliminated the Islanders. Like it's not worth it for him. He can get his. He has six more games to get two more to hit sixty. I think that's kind of what his focus is. Mm-hmm. So. 
and so. even even if he doesn't, like at the end of the day, he's already he's done enough, right? Like the, what we need him to do now is get some goals and push us past, like in the first round and push us out of the first round. If he can be a huge contributor, let alone a you know an absolute star and stud in the first round, then like that's really what we want because we're not here to you know we're we're not here to be a team that uh, kills in the regular season and and then flunks out again. Like that's just that's 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 no longer an option. Oh no, of course not. So, uh, any any notes you had on the game since you've joined me after? Um, so I, I missed a lot of the game. All right, but uh, some <laughs> someone pointedly pointed out that like they're like, man, you're you you must be a like you could be a really good politician because you talk a whole awful lot about things you don't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say who told me that, but they're like, for all the for all the games you don't actually watch, like how do you happen to have so much knowledge on it? I'm like, you know what? I can infer a lot of things because we know so much about the Leafs. And uh, I really liked that. Um, <sighs> one, I really liked that Pierre Engvall got a goal this game. All right. Oh, I loved him tonight. I gave him my pretty good. I'm glad the, the scoring started with Mitch Marner too, because I was getting a little iffy seeing guys like, you know, Simmons and, uh, and Clifford getting the first goals in games. It was nice to actually see someone on the first line. And of course, you know, it's an assist from, uh, from Bunting and, uh, that bum Giardano, terrible pickup, right? <laughs> oh, he's so good. Doesn't matter who they stick him with. And then, uh, you know, we Willie Nylander, who, again, absolute bum. Like, just get rid of that guy, right? Like, he's just terrible. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I have to just touch real quick. Oh, another thing I wanted to say about the game, the fourth line, speaking of Simmons, uh, though they didn't score, they were so good at maintaining pressure in the Islanders' end. That was one of the the pluses I'll give them. What's your uh, opinion on Spezza so far? Because I haven't again, I haven't been viewing things, so uh, I don't have an eye test opinion on how Spezza is uh, contributing. I think this might be his last season. It's starting like I really hate to say it, and you know, people can call me out if I'm wrong here, and this is an awful take, but. I feel like he's getting towards not as bad, but getting to the end of season jumbo where it's like you're contributing, but like, I don't know if it's at the level that we need. Maybe there's somebody in the minors that is a little better and hungrier than he is right now. Like he's still a great leader. He makes good plays, smart plays. He's not doing anything stupid. He just, I don't know if he's there anymore, you know? No, I, I totally agree with that, right? Like, um, for everything I've been hearing and just the way it seems, it does seem like his production's slowing down a bit. And uh, as long as he's not a liability, like, that's I think that's key, right? right? As long as he doesn't become a liability, like, he's obviously less of a liability than Clifford some days, <laughs> even yeah. though he got us the goal last game. But um, it's it one, it's nice to win on in, uh, in the island because uh, at the Boobs Arena, <laughs> because... Oh, I'm, this was I, at home. This, oh, this was at home? Yeah. Oh my! Ba- I, you know, I I kept hearing so much talk about Lou Lamorello that I assumed that this was uh, at the UBS arena. So this is nice that it was at home game, but uh, still, I'm sure. Honestly, regardless of whether it's home or away, like I just every time I think of playing the Islanders, I I, I get all that seething Tavares hate, right? And uh, unfortunately, he didn't score. That would have been nice to have him absolutely boot <laughs> New York out of uh, contention, but uh, he did pick up an assist on Nylander's goal. Did he? Oh, I yep. see. Okay. I thought it was just Bunting. That's my bad. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, I think uh, he shot it and then Nylander picked up the, the uh, rebound. 
True, true. But just before we sign off here, because I don't have much else, um, I'm in the dying minutes of the championship semifinals of my Yahoo Fantasy League. I have no players left to play, and my opponent, uh, Kane's Wrath, has Jack Roslovic playing, and there is eight minutes left in the game. It is 5-4 for Anaheim, and if he gets a plus one or a power play point, this game is all tied up. So I'm basically counting on one player to not do anything else, and I move on to the finals to play against Steph. So that will be fun. Are we getting are we getting to that point where a lot of our players are going to run out of games to play or like do we have to start dropping people and pick up people who still have remaining games is that like a thing or so I'm pretty uh, no you, usually fantasy um, what they do is the the playoffs will be over before the actual in league playoffs start so that you don't have that problem of okay. players not being available so like my basketball league's already been over for a couple weeks now speaking of. I know I haven't been following the Raptors because of uh, so much hockey going on, but oh, they lost. Scotty Barnes they done lost and last game. yeah, Scott, Scotty Barnes and, and Thad Young both going off with injuries last night too. So that's not good. Really not good for their their series there against the 76ers. But on the other hand, the Blue Jays looking hot, staying hot. Oh, love it. So that was the that's what actually what I wanted to come in for. So uh, besides Do my. My um, commentary on this on this game. I did want to say that um, Toronto has a wealth of television, radio personalities. All right, obviously there's us beautiful people <laughs> to the all to all seven of our fans, but uh, th- there are names. You know, talking about basketball right now, we got uh, Jack Armstrong, we got uh, Jack Armstrong, and uh, Matt Matty Devlin, and uh, get that. I know I've stolen from him a few times and there's uh who else is there there's you got uh we got Joe Bowen are you kidding me we got Joe from Coburg (laughs) we got Joe Bowen for the Leafs and uh I wanted to bring a huge shout out because we're talking about the Jays to um Buck Buck Martinez Martinez. all right and so anybody doesn't watch Jays baseball right I said we talk about these beautiful voices for the Leafs and for for basketball but Buck Martinez you know, he is an absolute beauty. He's like, to me, if I'm not listening to Buck Martinez, I'm not listening to baseball, right? And it's Let me not, hear your Buck Martinez impression. I, I tried, okay? I really tried. I tried to do a Buck Martinez impersonation, but I just can't because I just don't sound like him. Like, that's like as close as I can get. He's very old-timey. He's got like a, I could probably do a better Dan Schulman impersonation. <laughs> and there with the home run. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> Hi, I'm Troy McClure. But Dan Schulman, he's got a great timbre too. And that's it's actually good that uh, if you're watching um, games that aren't the Blue Jays, I think he does a lot of postseason games. I've heard his voice a few times. Dan Schulman's got a really good voice. But for Buck Martinez, he's just uh, recently, or at least he told us, he's diagnosed with cancer. And so he's going to be taking some time away. And that is a huge loss to our sports community because I said, like, that's a voice like that inspires me. And I don't think I have the best voice for radio, but if I can be anywhere close to one of these guys, like, it's... It's it's crazy because like you look at I said we look at guys like Joe Bowen, Buck Martinez. They're they're not young men by any means, right? They're they're starting to get a little old, and they've been around the game for a while. And just if anybody if anybody still listens to radio, if anybody still listens to those those broadcasts, um, just be fortunate. Like this is I said, we have a wealth of absolute talent in our, our team's rosters, but we have an absolute wealth of just beautiful, beautiful voices 
um, doing the play-by-play for every single team. I said Jack Armstrong, Matt Devlin, Joe Bowen, um, Buck Martinez, and Dan Shulman. Like you, you. <laughs> I think we used to have. You know who else was a great one? Was Andy Frost, who did the in arena announcing for uh, up until about 2016 from 1999, I think. And uh, he also did he did Psychedelic Sunday on Q107. <laughs> I think he still does. Q107. Yeah. <laughs> great voice for the in arena stuff. I miss I, him. Actually, I used to be. Okay, so anybody who's a local Torontonian, I used to be able to do a really good Tony Monaco on Z103.5. <laughs> nice. Sugar Daddy's Friday nights. I think it's Wednesday nights, actually. But uh, that's where I guess I want to close it off is like, you know, I hope that Buck Martinez gets better because it's not it's not Blue Jays baseball without Buck Martinez. And no way. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> we're getting we're getting close to crunch time, fellas. All right. Like uh, Raptors, Raptors in the playoffs. Leafs are going to be making the playoffs. Go Leafs, go. Go Toronto. All right. Yeah. Just to just to kind of jump off that. It, I was talking about this the other day of how how iconic it is every season. You know, I'm excited to watch the Jays, but I'm just as excited to hear. And uh, Vladdy Guerrero is up to the plate here. And uh, he's 0 for 2 on the day, but uh, has four home runs on the season already. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the best part. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to definitely gonna miss Buck. Hope he gets better. Wishing the best to him and the family. Anyway, that's all I got for tonight. That's all I got. I don't want to interject anymore. Sweet. Let's do it. That's the end. We'll be back with the next game. We'll have uh, the whole crew instead of just me rambling on alone and already jumping in late. But thanks for tuning in. We love y'all. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Oh, and thanks for uh, thanks for covering for me. Aw, you guy.